<laughs> I thought I was doing Adele, but it was Lionel Richie. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, it was like what? It's like I'm like you're like I'm doing Adele. I'm like, How does the Adele song go? I feel Hello? like I just heard it. It's me. Something, 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 standing right here next to me. Wow, fantastic Adele impression. The I can't o- do an Adele. I don't have the range. The obesity really comes through. You shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> On both parties. Because she's, she's got the big voice. She's Because she's tiny. She's she's teeny tiny now. Yeah, she's British. They're all hobbits. No, I mean like she lost all the weight. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, I She's hot Adele that. now. Yeah, that's right. And everyone got mad at her because she's not fat anymore. I don't think anyone got mad at her. People got mad at her. Why would anyone get mad at her? Because it's it's fat shaming to lose weight. I mean, she still has tiggle bitties, but... Yeah, I mean, good. <laughs> you lose those and what are you worth? I mean, she still has pipes for days. Oh, that's what you meant? What? <laughs> or she gets pipe for days. Is that what you meant? No, she, si- <laughs> she ha- has the ability to sing words. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm too sun fucked for this. I can't uh, handle yeah. this. Uh, we're we're starting out uh, a little rocky here. Ugh. Welcome to Green and Lewis. We're gonna open with uh, what everyone's been waiting for: Will's review of Donda, <laughs> a scheduling masterpiece, <laughs> a masterpiece of calling in favors and booking slots, especially during COVID times. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, give them a hand. Yeah, did you see the leaked text messages between Kanye and his engineer that he fired? No. His engineer woke up two hours late for work, and he said, you're fired. And then the engineer, like, groveled and begged for his job back. And Kanye was like, stop texting me. Go find God. When you found God, come back. Why didn't he just text back, but you are my God, Kanye? And then, you know, to ingratiate to the ego? You know, I don't think Kanye would be susceptible to that kind of manipulation. Huh. He really believes that Jesus, Jesus is above all. Okay. You have to give in to the Lord. And Junior Wanatabe? Wanatabe? I don't know. I don't On my... Hmm? <laughs> I hate... Yeah. The, it's <laughs> we the, like the dumbest the song fucking <laughs> song. It's very bad. It's like... I was just like, huh. And then you're just like, oh, the, it's mostly The weekend Or weekend-like audio. Yeah, I don't movies. think The weekend's on it at all. But uh, Really? It, no, that Hurricane song. Oh, right. That's probably The weekend. I don't know because he didn't credit anybody <laughs> on the songs. Oh, boy. You know how usually there's the little parenthetical with, like, featuring whoever? This is what happens when you drop something without any of it being done. Well, he specifically declined to do that, according to the liner notes on Apple Music. So, um, I don't know. Uh, why? So they don't get residuals? I'm sure they still get residuals. I'm sure there's contractual things that they work out behind the scenes. Hmm. I don't know. I just think it's a stylistic choice on Kanye's part. And if you're featured on one of his albums, what do you care, really? You probably are already successful, so you don't really give yeah, a fuck. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's mm. not, he's not breaking anybody's career here. I will say about Donna that I like it a lot, but the repetition really does get to me. You know, every song like six phrases. is a phrase repeated over and over with a mouth sound after it. <gasps> a lot of ha! <gasps> yeah. And you're like, oh, <laughs> my friend, pandemic. Do you have a mask on? <laughs> Nasty. Um, I, w- I mean, I wonder if it's supposed to be like chant-based. It is. It's definitely a choice. It's intentional and uh, sort of, yeah, Gregorian yeah, in but, its nature. Okay, who wants... I don't want to listen to that right now. I, I want, don't know. I want bangers only. You know, it sticks with you. Then then you're a Drake man. You should listen to Certified Lover Boy. 
that seems to be the pop album of choice and Kanye's for artists. I find uh I find Drake very annoying. He's got whiny man voice, which I already have one, so I don't really need this in my life. Well, you know why you find him annoying. Canadian. Well, that's one angle. The other one is <laughs> Oh no, not that one. <laughs> no. He's a real triple threat of annoying. If you know what I mean. Oh boy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, he because he has the nasal sound. Yeah, he does. Where it's like, one, six, one, my, whoa. And you're like, Tom Haverford? <laughs> I didn't know Aziz did music. Yeah. Wow. He's also whinier. You know, Kanye really inhabits his tragic, you know, BPD, like mental illness. He goes through all the feelings of, of, of sadness where like, Drake is just emo in more expensive clothes. That's right. Yeah. Like, you know, if you gave Dashboard Confessional a Montclair jacket, you'd be like, oh, it's the same thing. I don't, I, I don't hear a difference. Do you remember the mid-aughts crossover of hip-hop and emo that happened? Like, Gym Class Heroes was a big act? No. Oh, okay. Well, good. We can just leave that in the dust then. No, there, uh, there is something that one of one of my employees listens to that's very, like... It sounds very like hip hoppy, but then the the things are very like SoundCloud whiny, and I'm like, what are you doing? Well, that's all, my friend. What is this? M- most this is bad. Most rap music like n- now is like that. Zoomer rap music is very pill inflected, emo, lo-fi, yeah, sadness. What's the song that's I was popping pillies and the something 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 song? I wouldn't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm an old man. I'm only checking in on music with Kanye because he's been around since I was a child, oh. and now he's a legacy act, and we are old. Why that's why I care. Why can't he just go to Vegas like everybody else? Kanye? Do like, like a Vegas show like Britney Spears? Yeah. That would be kind of amazing. It would actually. be great. Yeah. I fully support that. His he theatrics have, are good. He could have full creative control over it, change it all the time, cost whatever casino a shitload of money, but they'd make a shitload more money because you could charge endless amounts for that. Oh, absolutely. And he would only have to do it twice a week. It wouldn't have to be every night. No, that's true. I just think Kanye would think that would think that was corny. You know, he really he I, does have an ego. He fancies himself a creator. Yeah, and he is one. I I don't think he would stoop to the level of giving in like that. But that's also like his best years are still ahead of him. But that's like you know Vegas for the Elvis level of self regard, Celine level self regard, and also people who are trapped by their parents and you know conservatorships. But you know mostly it's just like I just want to make a shitload of cash. And do eh, fairly little work. No travel, but I still want to sing. Do, right, my, do right. my concerts. Don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's a different breed, you know? That's why he has that compound in Wyoming. He wants to be alone and create in a different way, in a lonely way. I don't think he's really in it for the spectacle, even though he's good at that. He's very good at the spectacle. Yeah, he's very good at it. Uh, that's why I feel like the little um, little listening parties in the, in the thing, just tryouts for, tryouts for Vegas. Yeah, kind of. I mean, th- man, those would be really expensive shows to put on. Yeah. Did I tell you at all about the listening party that I stayed up for? Like yeah, what a little it bit, yeah. actually was comprised yeah, of? Too much crazy nonsense people. With, there was yeah. hundreds of extras involved. Hundreds of people. Oh, yeah, because he likes Vanessa Beecroft. Does he really? Yeah. Because it really did feel like performance art inflected. I was like, he either has some consultant that has like an art PhD. Yeah. Or like a theory. It's probably the masters. Same person who advised uh, Jay Z and Beyonce. Jean, oh, Jean maybe Greenberg, Roy Hitton. 
Oh, I, I don't know. know. I don't know how to say her name. Too many names. I think the big acts now all have somebody like this. Because yeah. Miley Cyrus's show is apparently very good, too, in this sense. In terms of big spectacle with, like... I don't think she has art advisors. She just has, like, culture people. Sure. Yeah, she's culture jamming a little bit more. Kanye's seems more cohesive yeah. in its aesthetic. Like, what I was going to say about the extras were there were hundreds of people all in SWAT uniforms that said Donda on the Bulletproof Fest. All dancing like in a circle around his childhood home yeah. with a cross on top. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was insane. Did I tell you about the wedding dress part, or did you hear about it? What? The very last song. Is that the one with Kim Kardashian? Kim Kardashian it? comes out in a wedding dress after not being present the whole time, and then Kanye lights himself on fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Huh. It was really insane. That's a bit much. There was a video visual of him being like projected up to heaven. For one song, I mean, it was in, it was incredible. It was like religious, you know. That's I, too much. It's a it's a bit much. I, that I is, know that is fully on the team too much train. I appreciate him trying to conflate secular music and religion, though, some spirituality. I think we're sorely <sighs> missing that in most other art. You, but you want that? Why do you want that? Uh I think that the contrast is nice. Yeah, we d- we did piss Christ in the nineties. We're we're done. Yeah, but that's like sarcastic. I'm talking about like having an earnest spirituality or religiosity that you then trans trans transfer to the spectacle. Usually, oh. the spectacle is so soulless and godless and empty. But that's you know? the same thing as like you know uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the megachurch? Crystal Br- no, Crystal Bridges is the museum. What's the you know like all of that in that's its own like structuring of it as like Oz, like all the buildings are like Franco balmy. Yeah, but that's chintzy. It's not. It's unintentionally campifying. Yeah. You know, inspect well, spectacleizing on purpose, campifying incidental. Here's the thing: Kanye isn't camp at all. Uh, he he he's good when he's a little campy though. What do you mean, like the Shutter Shades era? A little bit after that, yeah. Yeah, like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. I think that had the George Kondo cover. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of grown out of that, though. He's matured as an artist, away from the yeah, camp the, and the, the corny. Jo- yeah, the jokes are not there, and I'm really like, huh. Yeah, there's, there, it's really serious. There's very few jokes uh, along the way. But he was a really good punsmith. Yeah, he still is. Yeah, but like, give me a little more. Give me, give me, uh, give me a little more. Mm, okay. I have very specific needs for <laughs> for the music. Sure. All right. Um. Well, we talked about Donda for longer than I thought we would. Well, I I feel like no one is, everyone is just like, I don't know what to do with this. So we're just not going to do reviews. I feel like he's being intentionally snubbed, kind of. People don't like Kanye because of his weird politics. Well, yeah. You know? Choices were made. Yeah. And it gives people excuses to hate on him. But whatever. He doesn't need, you know, he, he sort of operates outside of all of the conventional media anyway. It's not like th- the reviews of Donda are going to make or break it. It also came out the weekend before a long weekend. Nobody's writing shit over the weekend. Well, the, yeah, I mean, I feel like... Uh, I was going to say people that write about it would have already heard it, but that's not no. true. It w- it really was released to everybody simultaneously. So, yeah, maybe. Come midweek, Thursday, we'll have some think pieces. Yeah. Because you got to compare the, you know, the Drake's the drakes and the the kanye's i'd be shocked if those weren't already out today those were positive they are and i just haven't seen them. i don't know how to look for that anymore yeah (coughs) um but yeah you'll you know 
there will be things buzzing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not interested in music criticism. I kind of don't care what people have to say about it necessarily. I mean, I'm kind of interested what people think of like, you know, I always like the like question of like the why now of of like music things. Cuz like what what is this what nerve is this striking and then the worst thing that you get is it's actually not striking any nerves right now, so we're going to hard pass on this one. Right. Which I don't think Donda would succumb to. I don't think you can. Donda's striking nerves with people one way or another, and I whether think, you yeah. love it or hate it. And I think you got to like think it's got to be a little more of a thinker. Definitely. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can say what you will about it, but it's like highly orchestrated. You know what I mean? I don't. I think it's a really uneven album, partly because it's so long. Like it's twenty-seven songs. That's long. too much. And it's it's a little much. And there's four remixes on it that don't really need to be there. It it's kind of messy, mm. but. I don't know. It has some really good moments. It's the best one since Jesus. I went back and listened to like all this Kanye because I haven't listened to him since that album. When, when was that? Like 2012. And everything since then was just kind of, eh, I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. But Donda seems to reach Jesus heights on some songs. But it's not as tight of an album. Hmm. Well, yeah, because tw- 27 is the, the no editor problem. Like you know, uh, like where you you go you go from prolific to too much. He has the George Lucas syndrome, oh. where nobody can tell you no anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's a little bit of that, but he's at least he has a vision. You know, it's okay if yeah. it's uneven, but it's like it's his own thing. It's his own aesthetic. It's refreshing in that way. Hmm. It's earnest. You know, I like that about it. <sighs> no earnestness for you. Not right now. I feel like that's... kind of don't want that. I don't know. I feel like we kind of need that, don't you think? I We did the earnest for like a whole year, solidly, consistently. You're saying during COVID. Yeah. People, people were feeling that way, but I don't think there was a lot of cultural production that mm. measured up to that feeling. Well, nothing big budgety could do that, because that takes so many more people. Yeah. But like, you know, in the feeling of there's lots of things in that realm and it's like, I don't know about this. Hmm. I don't know if I follow you. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't have a good, like deeply thought out reasoning for this, but I don't know, something about me is like mm, some a little bit of artifice would be nice. Like a little bit of escapism. Yeah, I mean I think that's what the religious component, like in Kanye's case is that's what it. Oh. That's what it brings to it. It's this kind of transcendental idea. That's a very. I don't know. That's very specific. But that's going to turn a lot of religiosity. people off. Yeah, you know, I get like, that. Yeah. You know, because that's that's its own kind of uh, internalized escapism, which some would call repression. Right. Which is probably. I mean, it's about what his mom died. What five years ago at this point. I think it was even longer ago. Yeah, so I want to say it was over so 10 years ago. I, yeah, there's probably a lot yeah. of repression going on in there, yeah. so this is where that kind of escapism is coming from. Oh, I, you know, I heard a really good theory today from a coworker of mine. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Donda and wondering why the clean version is the only version available. And she theorized that it's because it's a tribute to his mother and he's only going to release the clean version. Oh, because you can't have her name on something that has the swears? Yeah. That's insane. I, I kind of buy that though. We'll, I mean, time will tell. This is the stupidest shit. I whether they release the explicit heard. version, but that might be the tr- that might be true. 
then why wasn't it written without them? Don't know. Good question. That, that <laughs> doesn't hold up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't believe that that is uh, the, the, the truth of the matter. Because um, why, why wouldn't you just... If that was an intent thing, you would do it from the start of the writing. Yeah, Unless maybe. you have to be in... I don't know. I don't know anything about flow. Yeah, I don't know what kind of a rapper Kanye is in that sense. Like, uh, Lil Wayne is notorious for not really writing anything. He yeah. shows up to the booth and basically freestyles everything, which is incredible when you really think about that. Um, and he has lots of words in all, all of his things. Yeah, and, li- and weird rhyme structure and stuff. It's not very straightforward. He's very skilled in that way. Um, but Kanye seems like he would write and then record. I don't think he freestyles, really. It doesn't seem that way. He seems like someone you know the people who ha- like you've been in many a studio you know the people who have a bunch of shit on their walls yeah like like cutouts of things and like mag like not magazines because we don't have that but like printouts of stuff and then just like you know you might as well give them the red the red yarn and be like here you go yeah um he seems like that kind of person yeah definitely definitely like well, not precisely planned but there's a lot of ideas floating around and the infrastructure is always premeditated yeah for sure yeah i agree um because at the end of the day he's a producer i think that's why kanye's music is really good because he's a musician like in the sense that a composer is yeah more than just being a rapper you know the word i feel yeah i feel like words are second the mood is first totally yeah which ugh. which is why he can get away with having the scheduling thing that you were referring to with so many guest appearances because i think he does do a pretty good job of like curating the vocals for the right songs and stuff yeah like the right mood for the right voice it doesn't have to be him for it to be a kanye song i feel like the real masterstroke would be no vocals by him at all that would be amazing and i would not doubt that one day he'll do that that's the next one i feel like that would be amazing that would be fine i honestly i think donda would almost be better in some Without instances, him. with no vocals on them. Then Although it's so minimal, uh, not really. But Does it have to be him? No, but he has plenty of songs that are barely him, or yeah. not him at all, you know? And I think those are better. Like, it just becomes like a Moby. He becomes Kinda, Moby. Yeah, yeah, That's that would be a tragedy. Moby sucks, but... He could have his play, where everyone's everyone you know, in the world right. is just like, oh shit. Fine, yeah, play is a really good album. I'll give that to Moby. I think I just Moby's just an annoying presence culturally. He seems yeah. like a real, real pill. Like he's always complaining about something. Moby. You ever see the MTV Cribs of him? Yeah, and he has the really minimal house with almost nothing in it. It's like a duplex in Williamsburg in peak Williamsburg, and it has not a goddamn thing in it. That is so affected. With it's an too much yeah. fucking. You want to talk about effort and earnestness. Yes. That's yeah. earnest in the worst way. No, yeah, that's 90s. That's Generation X earnest. That's David Foster Wallace earnest, yeah. where it's like you're supposed to weep with the restraint, and you're like, all right, come on. Calm the fuck down. Yeah. I don't know. At least David Foster Wallace was funny. Moby's not funny. Uh, Not anymore, no. Was he also, ever? I think he he was like that dry, like the dry humor. I guess, Maybe. Like, I don't know. Erica dry goofy, I don't know. Uh, said she saw Moby one time while she was on E, and it was really amazing. And I believe that. I mean, I'm sure anything that you see at a concert That's while true. you're rolling is probably you know, fine. Frankly, a carpet is amazing <laughs> when you're rolling, so yeah. You could just have... This is why lava lamps and oil lamps were invented, so everyone tripping could just be like, whoa. Whoa, dude. Dude, it's like the, it's like the whole world in there, man. 
Oh God, this is why why I don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I don't have time to be sitting around looking at lamps. I already do that for funsies. Good God. Ugh. I had a very strange interaction at the beach today. Oh, here we go. Will's Beach Corner. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, you know, favorite time favorite time beach. September Beach, yeah. Day after Labor Day Beach. Hello tradition. Gotta go. Was it not very crowded? It was very crowded. Really? And I was confused. Mm. Uh, um, when you work from home, you don't really work. I think that's why. Oh, yeah. It was, it was very strange. But it's like, you know just enough out of that well the families have gone so now the old naked people are out and i'm like oh god no well no that's better in some ways but then there's also like 28 year old 28 to 36 year olds who are you know bring the boom box the little we've discussed this many times i don't think we need to cover it but bastards don't bring a boom box to the beach please don't do that and everybody brought umbrellas and i'm like what why Oh, it was a beautiful, perfect day. I know you don't need an umbrella. No. Just bake. I don't know. Some people are fairer skinned than you even. Well, they need to get their lives. Get mm-hmm. some higher SPF. Okay. I did burn my non-existent upper lip though, so don't want to talk about that. But, and there was a jellyfish night. I went into the water and went, ah, jelly, and ran out. Because I'm a baby. Yeah, I don't like jellyfish in the ocean, man. Me no, I, me I no would get out those. too. <laughs> I mean, was there a lot of them or just one? It was a big one. A big one is scary, yeah. Like this big? Like size oh, of a silver dollar pancake? <laughs> you know that jellyfish can be pretty sizable. I though. know what a man of war looks like. <laughs> I've seen the pictures and the diagrams, thank you so much. And that, to me, that was my personal man of war. Okay. And I said, I gotta go. Because um, if there's one, there's more. Not always. That's why I was asking. Because sometimes the storm just sweeps a couple in and they're dead already. It might look kind of dead. But it also smelled a little too, like, fishy water. Yeah, that's not good. That's I think the hurricane yeah. stirred everything up. Bad. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, I'm gonna get some kind of typhoid from being in this. So, okay, let me go. Go to go to pee on the way out because I didn't pee in the ocean because obviously I was terrified by the possibly dead jellyfish. And they have a sign. You don't want to waste that good antitoxin in the event that you get stung. I thought about it for a second. I was like, well, just in case, maybe I gotta <laughs> hold it. But I was like, I'm not gonna make it on the drive home. Um, so, like, there's a sign that, you know, you have to have the mask. And I was just, like, going to go in. And I was like, oh, I had pause to read. And then someone standing by the bathroom then just followed me in and then stood a little too close. You know the rule of urinals. Because Jacob Reese has, like, 35 of them. Especially because COVID is going on. It should be every other. Yeah. He went to the one one space and then the next one. And was shaken a little too hard. And I was like, am I getting cruised at the beach? Wait, so he went to the one next to you? I'm not clear on this. The one next to the one next to me. Oh, so he was he was one year in all way. That's well, acceptable. Not when you have 12 empty ones. Yeah, you should probably put a little... He probably just wasn't thinking about it, but continue. Uh, there was some shaking. Was shaking too- so that you could see it is what you're getting at. And I was dead straight ahead, but in my periphery, there's just this bobbing. And I'm like, uh-uh, not today. Not today, son. We gotta go. What did this guy look like? What was his demeanor and appearance? Was he a bro? Uh, I don't know, because I was wearing sunglasses and didn't notice until I was like, why is someone following me in after... <laughs> you know. You know when you're like, why were you standing outside and why did you only come in to do this now? Yeah. I was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. So you think he was making a proposition. So uh-huh. Not very subtly, but also N- sort of subtly. Yeah. Yeah. And I was not having it. 
I was like, no. And the wagging was supposed to signify like, hey, big boy. Hey, you take want a look. another thing yeah. over here. Ugh. Ugh. Boy, it, that's all extra weird because... That's also by the family part. I'm unless like, Unless you're into it, urination is not a time you want to be looking at a peen. You know what I mean? No. I don't want to be near it. sexy at all. No. But maybe you were getting cruised. I don't know how that, that works these days. I look very... I look very heterosexual when I go to the beach in my baggy shorts and and my chambres. Whatever you say. You shut up. <laughs> and my Every full, time and that my you full say <laughs> you look heterosexual, I just it, I was also in I my full let like it go, but honestly, I was also no. in my full like Marvel disguise of ball cap and sunglasses. That's okay. <laughs> okay. It does it convinces All right, no Peter one. Peter Parker. <sighs> but Aunt May. Um I don't know any lines from that movie, but no, I just thought it was weird. And he like kept standing there and looking, and I was like, I don't know. He was looking at you while he was doing this. Uh huh. You know that for sure. Uh huh. Because you can see it because the glasses, the bounce. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, well, uh-huh. he, at minimum, he was checking you out. I think that's very clear. But don't do that with a penis in your hand. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's verging on public masturbation. Yeah. You know. And I was don't like, shake it too much. You're playing with it. He was obviously ding dong. Yeah. Yeah. I was not no. It's like, of all the things in the world, not game for that. Huh. So sorry. What would he have had to do or look like to make that acceptable to you? Because there's probably a circumstance where, you know, if it's Hassan Piker and he walks in there. No. And he does that. No, no, no. Public is not okay. Just ever. Ever. Unless someone's got a $100 bill. I think you're out of step with gay culture on this one. I am. I know. I think that in public is kind of prime time for some people. Ugh, yeah, that's not that's not me. I just think, ugh, it was gross. But I was thinking about it all day because I was like, I think that was weird and I don't like that. I just wonder what is supposed to happen in that guy's mind. You know what I mean? Say you accept this proposition Also, tacitly. like, was it a cop like doing the tap-tap to see who we can arrest? I don't think, no, I don't think so. We don't do that? I don't know. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, he could have been a cop, just a deeply closeted one. Had that look. Perhaps. Yeah. It's, it's possible. But I just wonder what is this guy think is going to happen, you know? I don't know. So he does that and then you in the look over the at him and wink. And then what happens? You move to a stall, bro. At the beach? Gross. It's <laughs> dirty in there. It's dirty. There's sand, there's pee all over the floor. Uh-huh. It's repulsive. Uh-huh. You could even get over that, but you move to a stall. It's like that's not that's clandestine not. enough. You're not going to get away with that. I mean, you might get away with it in the sense that you don't get in trouble, but mm-hmm. people are going to come into that bathroom and notice. There's oh, yeah, because no it's way. huge. There's yeah. two you know, sets of feet on the floor. Yeah. So. I don't know. But is that really gross. how that's supposed to work? I mean, I, I guess. Straight people do this, too. I, I've never been a public sex person. No, it's gross. I can't get with that. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. I guess it can be exhilarating for people. No. I, I don't know. It's definitely a fetish thing. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Also, beach. No. Sand. Sand is not the thing. Anytime, like, let's transition to, like, the movie aspect of it. Like, you know, like, when you do, like, you know, movie renditions and people are having, you know, romantic liaisons on the beach, I'm like, that is so disgusting. You are going to get sand everywhere. Yeah, you'd have to be pretty careful. I'm trying to think about that if I've ever been in that situation, and I don't think so. No, because sand. Yeah, but peop- you we're not trying to make pearls listen, here. Listen, if if I was if I was propositioned by a lady and we were on a in a semi-private beach situation, I would absolutely go for it if she wanted to go for it. It's really her problem 
you know, it's the Ugh. taker's problem, the sand. Yeah, but it's oh. not the giver. I mean, I guess it, it depends how bad it places, gets. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You're gonna get a, an Udi. I just the it is a fantasy. You know, it's better as a fantasy. It's not as good in real life. No. Same with like sex in a pool is not very good. Oh, that's a recipe for disaster. There, water is not a lubricant. You know what I mean? No. So, oh, oh. Some things are better Did, left to the mind. I feel like people didn't learn anything from not watching um, Showgirls the movie. Wow, we're adding this to your canon of <laughs> movies now? Holy shit. I don't think I've ever made it through the whole thing, but I've seen most chunks of it. Was there too many naked ladies and you were like, this is gross, I have you to know, turn kind it of off? <laughs> 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 that's, let's go back in, in the book of life and just scratch off another one of should have known. Um... But yeah, no, you can't do that. You were attracted by the camp, but the female nudity was just too much. Oh, yeah. Breaking jewelry just to snap a bitch's <laughs> neck. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Get her. Oh, man. Mm. Well, uh, do you want to hear about my trip to Alaska? Yeah. I figured we could talk about that. that we didn't really the, talk yeah. about it at all. Um, yeah, we, <clears throat> we go on very different vacations. I get propositioned at the beach. You go to icebergs. Yeah, yeah. Hang on one second. You know you can get another glass like a like a normal human. No, I like ice in my wine. My grandma used to do that, so. Okay. I'm sure it's not very good wine anyway. It was $10. It has good reviews on Vivino. It's fine. Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any questions about Alaska? You saw all my pictures. Oh, yeah, I saw the pictures. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. You, I just don't. My thing is Alaska is so big that uh, when it's just like when you're like, I had to drive for this many hours and then this many hours, I'm like... That's just, you You spent most of the week in a car. That seems displeasurable to me. But then the payoff is you get nature? Yes. Oh. I was thinking about you while I was on this trip a lot, because I think we did do a podcast where we talked about like our preferences in types of travel or mm-hmm. something like this, and you don't really like travel. You like vacation. I think that was the distinction. Yeah. And I'm realizing, or I, I think I've always known, I like to travel. I don't really care about vacation. Vacation seems kind of boring to me. So you I don't was, like the sitting down and the nothing. I don't like not doing anything. Yeah, I would yeah. rather be. I would rather be in motion or in process. You know, it doesn't always have to take the form of vehicular motion, but I want to be doing something. I don't want to be relaxing necessarily. I think I could get anxious in that situation. Maybe like two days of relaxing. But yeah, I was. I was thinking about you because I had zero days of relaxing, Mm-mm. and it was really balls to the walls this trip yeah like even by my standards i I did i covered a lot of miles i mean not counting the flights i covered a lot of miles but counting that i mean it's like it's thousands and thousands it's when you have to do planes trains automobiles and boats it's too much yeah i did i did all of those forms of transportation minus train this time but the last time i was in alaska i did train so i've done every form of transportation in alaska boat train plane and car (sighs) and walking that doesn't count. I guess not. But yeah, so this trip, to give everybody the outline, I don't even know if you know this. So I flew into Fairbanks, Alaska, which is central Alaska, j- stayed a couple days there, and then drove two hours south to Denali, the park that my mom works in, mm-hmm. stayed one night there, mm-hmm. and then drove seven more hours south, mm-hmm. uh, first to Anchorage, and then to a small town called Seward, where I went to the fjords there. And then... 
had to get back on the plane in Fairbanks, so drove seven hours back to Denali, spent the night, woke up, drove two hours to Fairbanks, got on a plane, and came home. No. So that was the entirety of the trip. I had two days in one location and one day in every other location. That's too much. It was a lot, but, you know, driving, you know, it's the same distance from Denali to this Seward town as it basically is from New York to Cleveland. And driving through Alaska is so much more fulfilling and well, it, you actually get to see and things beautiful and you make stops and it's not just the Texas of the Midwest, Pennsylvania mm-hmm. that is the most boring drive on earth. Maybe accepting driving through like Kansas or something. I think it could get even worse. Oklahoma is pretty bad. But uh, a road trip in Alaska is amazing. One of my favorite things that I did was the last night driving from Anchorage to Denali, which is four hours of this stretch, in the middle of the night um, where there is nothing. I mean, you're driving and my mom was like, you got to get gas at this gas station and we missed it. And she was like, you got to turn around. Oh, because there's nothing There is nothing. Um, turned out there was one more gas station, but that was it. Um, so for hundreds of miles, there's nothing. I learned on this trip that there are no stoplights between Anchorage and Denali. It's several hundred miles. I don't know how many. Uh, there are no street lights on the freeway. Huh. So if you don't have brights and fog lights, you're kind of fucked on this drive. Well, everybody has those. Um, but it was one of the most amazing experiences because the weather changes quickly there, too. So you would go in and out of like really heavy rain to really clear sky where you could see every star to dense fog where you couldn't see anything but the lines on the road. I mean, I couldn't see 10 feet in front of the car at one point. It was like driving in a video game where the map hadn't loaded yet. Everything was black and gray. the hills of Vermont where it's terrifying? It was worse. Imagine the hills of Vermont, but you can't even see the trees or the sky. no. Like that amount of fog. That's how that's how they're going to get you. I don't know who that they are, but they're going to get you. You know, I was talking with my mom and Jordan on that drive about UFOs because I was like, this is prime UFO country here. Like if we saw a bright light in the trees, would you guys get out and like go look at it? And they were like, absolutely. And I was what like, what the fuck I'm, is wrong with people? I'm driving away. Like I'm leaving you. Here. Bye. If that, have fun. If that happens, that's fucking crazy. But uh, there's an Air Force base up there, too. Eielson Air Force Base is a 100 or so miles north of where we were at that time. And Air Force bases are obviously prime UFO territory. So that's why this was also on Also drone mind. territory, but, you know. Yeah, and we saw a lot, of, um, a lot of F-35s flying around and F-16s flying around. The, the only thing that you will see or hear when you're out in the wilderness in Alaska are those from the Air Force Base. They're patrolling i guess or practicing i don't know what they're doing i think that they're looking for the chinese or the russians you know i think it's an artifact of the cold war where they're just scrambling fighters like 24 hours a day it's weird they're just like you know that land bridge work once so we got to keep an eye on it i think frankly these days they're like we got to spend this money so they don't take it away we better just fly the planes around pointlessly that's fucking insane. But it used to serve a purpose because you know they used to circle bombers 24 hours a day around the north pole waiting for something to pop off with the Soviet Union so they could get them over there. You know what I mean? What? So, like, some kind of fucked up Santa Claus? Yeah, a fucked up nuclear Santa Claus. And we're bringing tomahawks Mm -hmm. down your chimney? Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they used to do that. So, anyway, it was UFO country, 
And I learned from my mom that she saw a UFO not even that many years ago in northern Nevada, which to me is very credible. I, I mean, military bases and government installations that are isolated are where you're going to see one for sure. Either because it's a government thing What's and government we just thing? don't know about it yet yeah. or because the UFOs are monitoring our activities and our technology. It's probably going to be the former, not the latter. TBH. If it's a little... little. Who knows? I mean, I think when those articles came out about UFOs, we, you and I probably discussed that on here. I probably insisted upon it, but like... I think I shot it down. Either, either those... Either those UFOs that the government is copping to having seen are legitimately unknown and they don't know what they are, or the media representation is a psyop and they're obviously a government thing and they're just trying to cover for it. There you go. So, who knows? Didn't you read the Helter Skelter book thing about all the things that... Well, that was about Charles Manson and the CIA. Yeah, that's, but, a, that's a whole other can of worms, but... but sure, there's know, secret our, domestic government programs happening all the time. Doing some stuff to, you know, to reroute national interests yeah but i learned that my mom saw ufo and then they both told me a story about a mutual friend of theirs who had a ufo encounter where the man was fishing on an isolated lake in northern nevada and he was with another guy and a ufo flew from miles and miles away where they both looked at it and said what is that turned their heads and then seconds later it was on top of them and they said it was like a ro- it was a rotating disc. It didn't make sound until it flew away, and it made a huge rush, and then it was gone in seconds. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And it sounded like a very credible story. I mean, I've never met this guy, but they made him sound like he's sort of a simple man. Like he's not. He's just a fisherman. Like yeah, he's not a type to lie. He's, Grizzled country dude. He doesn't speak much. He's very laconic, and this is the one story that he would tell. Huh about something incredible in his life. So I don't know. I believe those things are real and I wanted to see one kind of, but I was also afraid of it. Absolutely not. That's why I love cities. You know, where we don't have sightings of anything cities. It's fucking great. Yeah. So that drive was pretty cool. What else did I do in Alaska? Did you didn't see any of my pictures and weren't curious? I mean, there were a lot of them and I see a lot. That was also during a time when I was, trucking through photos of different things and sorting things um but i feel like there what was the what's the hangy bridge why do they still have hangy indiana jones bridges oh that was just a suspension bridge on a trail in denali um so they're like when will says indiana jones bridge he's talking about a bridge made of cables and wood yeah but that's that's still that's still fucked up that's close to like a like a you're gonna walk on a thing and then like ah yeah you know this one wasn't old uh so it wasn't very rickety i I would guess that this one was constructed in the last 20 years or so (sighs) i think they still have them because that's the lowest cost most efficient way of crossing a minor river like that they don't want to use all metal just to i mean slippery it's alaska man you can't get that stuff up there easily and it comes at a higher cost and i don't know if the soil and things like that are suitable necessarily for large-scale infrastructure all the time Mm. i mean there's a railroad track that runs through denali and there's one road but they also try to keep it really low impact in that park like it's it's a natural preserve it's not a national park in the sense that like yosemite or yellowstone are where it's overrun with tourists and like pre-tread paths 
there's very few trails there. So the they're ones just like we set aside this land. Thanks so much. Don't use it. Yeah, I mean it's bigger than most states. The park is some mm. six million acres. I want to say it's over a hundred miles across in both directions. Um, might it might be even more than that. I'm probably getting that wrong. That sounds too small. It's pretty massive. So Alaska is basically just the side of the, you know, the size of the contiguous United States, basically. The Aleutian Islands, if you if you count the Aleutian Islands, which you should, they're part of the state. The little it stre- it stretches al- almost from Florida to L.A. That's insane. The main body of the state is probably as big as three and a half Texases, something like that. That's most of, you know, continental America. Yeah, yeah. Um, mo- it's about four Texases. Most countries would fit inside Alaska. It's amazing. I mean, like, you know, I've been there twice now, and I stayed in Denali for the most part the first time, and this is the first time I spent any amount of time anywhere else. But I've only seen southern Alaska and interior Alaska, but up north is, like, Prudhoe Bay is where all the oil comes from. Um, Those are the oil sands? Yes. Or is that Canada? Well, Canada has the oil sands. Prudhoe Bay is underwater oh. uh, mining. I, I saw the Alaska pipeline this time for the first time that runs 800 miles from Prudhoe Bay to Anchorage. 800 miles? Yeah. And it just runs above ground for the most part, underground occasionally. Um, it's kind of amazing because it's sort of a tourist attraction. So when you're we were up in Fairbanks where I saw it. And when you pull over on the side of the road, there's like little signs and stuff and they kind of encourage you to look at it. But I was thinking like, if you wanted to commit a terrorist attack that was pretty devastating, you could just do it right here because there's nobody around for hundreds of miles and you're not going to get caught. And it's going to create an ecological and financial disaster of epic proportions. That's why the UFOs are watching. Yeah, that's true. That might be why they're like, "Mm, eco terrorists can't, can't fucks with us but yeah it was pretty amazing i mean i read on that little signage that the they determined when they discovered oil at prudhoe bay which was relatively recently i didn't realize this it wasn't until the 60s yeah that they even started getting oil from alaska really yeah um that the pipeline was the cheapest and most efficient way to run a pipe 800 miles was better than trucking it was better than trying to well, ship it yeah, or fly you it. don't have to worry about weather right you're describing walking into six different types of weather in one day. Like, yeah, it's... Well, and the terrain in Alaska is insane. Yeah, fuck that. I mean, going... You gonna pop a pipe on there and call it a day. Going from huge mountains to low, flat tundra to Arctic conditions to sort of Arctic tropical in the south. It's really wild there. What the fuck do you mean Arctic? What? I know that's not a real designation, but that's kind of what it feels like. Like, it is humid and cold. Ugh. And very, um, very wet, very rainforesty, but like mountainous and arctic. It's strange. the su- The south of Alaska is really beautiful and really, really interesting. The fjords there. That was the second to last day that I spent, and I went on the five hour boat tour and saw some glaciers and stuff. Um, these fjords are m- massive. I mean, each one, each sort of bay. Because you know fjords are like a collection of lakes. Picture yeah. it that way on the si- on the side of a on the side of the ocean. Each one of the bays is like I don't even I don't even know what to compare it to in New York. There is no there is no equivalent thing. I mean, actually, like picture the bay where the Statue of Liberty is. 
before it actually reaches bay, open yeah. ocean, yeah. that area. Each one of them is that big. And the ocean every day, the tides are so drastic that they come in, fill those up, and then recede all the way out to, That's insane. to make it a mud flat. Like, it is large enough and deep enough that whales come into these things to feed when the tide is high, and then it goes all the way back out and gets just flat and muddy. It's incredible. Is it like quicksand? I don't know what it's like to walk on. I'm sure you don't want to be in there at any time, really, because what if, if the water yeah. comes back, you're doomed. And I'm sure it, yeah, I'm sure I don't it's think pretty... the water comes back, like, in a rush, you know? No, it doesn't come back that fast, but you certainly don't want to... They're so big, like I'm saying, that if you're you don't in the middle yeah. and the water like, starts ah! to come in, you might not make it to the other side before it's too deep for it to be a problem. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Amazing glaciers. I mean, I saw a glacier there that was massive. I mean, the the boat went right up to it, and it was minimum 100 feet high at the terminus of the glacier, at the bottom of it. And then it goes all the way up the mountain valley. You know, it's probably a two miles long, but a hundred foot thick of ice at its thinnest. And I was there on the boat with Jordan, and I turned my back to it for a second, and I heard thunder. No. And I thought... That's not thunder, my dude. Is this a thunderstorm? And no, it's the glacier moving and cracking, and then huge pieces of it fall off into the water. It's really amazing. Nature's fucking terrifying. What happens if that like lands on the boat? They drive the boat wasn't that yeah. close. They're f- they're far enough away that that's not going to happen. But the the sounds that a glacier could make is not something I ever conceptualized before. Well, because yeah, like nature nature TV things, it's always like you just see the little split and then just sploosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. The idea of something land-based rather than air-based making the same sound was frightening. Like, something land-based that has its own weather. You could think about it that way. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, It's that alive as a thing. Oh, the other glacier experience that I had was at the beginning of the trip up up near Fairbanks. I shouldn't say in Fairbanks. We weren't in Fairbanks at all. Um, I went to another glacier... This one being very different because it was an inland glacier and the other one was bordering the ocean. So the terminus of this glacier, you just sort of hike a couple miles along like a riverbed. Mm -hmm. And then you reach what just looks like a giant pile of dirt. But it's the glacier. And it's just... Dirty? Well, yeah, because the ice is so thick and has been around for so long that it just gets covered by dirt. Oh. Like naturally. Huh. So it doesn't look like anything. Well, I mean, you've seen snow piles in parking lots in Ohio. Yeah, it looks exactly like that, but on a monumental scale. But it's also different because, like, it's so much dirt that, like, plants are growing on it and stuff. It's almost indistinguishable from the landscape around it, except that it, it does look fresher in the way that a mountain is, like, craggy and kind of gray in its color. You look at this and you're like, okay, that's, like, light brown. It's definitely newer soil huh i mm, i don't uh, and none of this is just like hmm should we be here in the nature you don't you don't ever have that moment of hey i feel like you know with all of the you know the things that could go awry being flooded in a fjord or having a glacier crack 
and fall off and capsize your boat. Like, you know, you don't go, maybe bears, just bears. No, in a weird way, like, the the way in which nature is frightening is comfortable. I think it's something deeply ingrained in in humanity, like from hunter-gatherer times, where it's both threatening, but also it is natural, you know? It's not threatening in the way that a crime is threatening. It's not abstract. So when you feel the terror of these natural things, it's beautiful and it's comforting. It, it's a reminder that the universe is bigger than you. It doesn't scare me. It, like, feels good. Yeah, you were around a bunch of hippies for a week. Well, yeah, you know what it is? <laughs> you know what it is? It's truly awesome. That's an overused word, mm, but mm-hmm. aw dash some. Yeah. It really is. And so, no, it doesn't feel scary to me. I, I, f- I, feel at, I feel a lot more at home in it in some ways. So the glacier. Mm-hmm. So we get to this, the terminus of this glacier, and it just looks like a pile of dirt. And then you keep getting closer to it, and the dirt pile gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you get close. And we turn a corner, and this is what we were going there for. I wasn't unaware of it, but it still took me off guard. There's a giant cavern at the base of the glacier no. because as it melts all the water creates like a natural river through the glacier and carves a cave through it Ugh. so we get to the mouth of a glacier cave and my mom did say on our way there she was like you know these are a little dangerous like they could collapse at any time they're not around permanently because it's just ice that this is being yeah. carved out of but the moment I got to the mouth of it, the first thing I thought was like, I got to go in there. Like, this That's is going to be insane to me. This is going to be amazing. Um, and we go in there and it's raining. Beca- That's melting. Because it's not rain. Because <laughs> the, glacier, rain. the glacier is constantly That's melting. It's not rain. So you go in there and it's raining in a cave. No. From the melting glacier. Which, by the way, is an amazing thing in and of itself because it's. It's tens of thousands of year old water that has been ice. Yeah, but uh, since and it's melting onto you prehistory, you know, and it's melting onto you. Yeah, yeah, caveman piss, getting pissed on by a caveman. Uh, mm mm, mm mm. It's actively degrading around you, and yeah. you're like, gotta go in that hole, man. Oh, and it is, it is, an, it's an incredible experience, and you go in there. And the mouth of the cave is really big. That part felt fine. I didn't feel dangerous in there because the ceiling of this thing was at least 30 feet high. Um, it could also become zero feet high very quickly. the opening of it was probably 50 feet high. But, you know, if it started to decay when you're at that point in the cave, you're going to have time to run. And you're going to be able to make it out. <laughs> I would never want to be thinking about how much time do I have to run to the entrance of the ice cave. Well, here's why that occurred to me. Before the woolly mammoths and the 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 bumbles start coming out to to eat me. Because the farther back you get in the cave, the lower and lower that it gets. And it gets low quick until it's just above your head or you have to duck down to keep going farther back. Mm-mm. And that's when it started to feel a little bit scary to me because I was like, if this caves right now, you're cut off immediately. You're fucked. Mm-hmm. 
And you could keep going back pretty far. I mean, chambers would sort of open up and then get narrow again and then open up and then get narrow again. And I went far enough back that I got scared where I was like, all right, I'm too far now that no amount of running is going to save me if this starts to collapse. And uh, best case scenario, you survive and suffocate to death. Actually, that's probably worst case scenario. I'm going to invert that. Best case scenario, a giant chunk of ice falls on your head and you die painlessly and instantly. Yeah. Uh, Worst case scenario, you're going to get stuck in there and just suffocate to death and no one can save you because you're in the middle of Alaska and you're thousands of miles or hundreds of miles from anything. Mm -hmm. You know, that does cross my mind when I'm in Alaska. It happened the last time I was there and it happens this time for sure. Like every minor activity you're doing, you're like, there's no cell service anywhere. I mean, like, I was communicating with you and other friends sort of intermittently while I was there, but I had, like, almost two full days where I had, there's no cell service at all. Uh, why, why my mom I... has a satellite phone, but we didn't take it with us. Let's go to the degrading ice cave with no <laughs> mode of communication, and if it collapses, oops. Yeah. See, no. That's... Mm-mm, mm-mm, no. No. You know, I don't know. I, I know better at this point than to tell you what you believe but i really think you're missing out on a lot like it's a peak human experience i mean it was a donkey kong country ass i know but i you know yeah not going in it would not that's insane to me someone was like oh yeah that's carved by the melting ice and oh it's also melting upon you and you're like well i think i'll wait outside get eaten by a bear or a pack of wolves while i wait for you all in there um oh yeah I mean, there was uh, two other people that showed up after we were there that didn't go in, that declined to enter. They took pictures from outside the cave and said, thank you very much. That we're was not enough. doing that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, yeah, I, uh, mm. yeah, when you just, I mean, this is like kind of like the peak experience of why like slideshows, vacation slideshows exist. Because, like, when you see the, you know, a story on Instagram, it just fades. And then I'm like, I don't, that's why when you're like, you saw the picture, so I'm like, yeah, but I don't have a visual reference right now to actually go back and p- look it up. This is why, like, I kind of get like the allure of this as a mid-century treat. Okay. Because we we couldn't travel. Like, you didn't yeah, have photo yeah. travel, so you'd just be like, you know, a, a projected image was like the best thing. In terms of like, that's what it was really like. Thanks, Kodachrome. You know. Um, right. Right. It's funny that you mentioned this because later in the trip, I didn't do this at the ice cave because that was one of the first things that I did. But later on, I started posting videos rather than photos because they captured the magnificence of the things that I was seeing a lot better. Um, Camera phones in particular are really, really bad at conveying scale because they're fish-eyed. They also don't do depth of field in the best way. No, they're, they're... pretty insufficient for nature photography in my mind distance yeah they don't they don't capture the majesty of it um so i started posting videos later on because i realized like short of a panoramic photo or something like that which is not good for instagram stories that's the best way to capture it oh yeah um but i was thinking about that actively because you know i kind of came out of posting retirement on the alaska trip i haven't posted Mm -hmm. anything to instagram in fucking forever Mm -hmm. nor do i plan to in the future really (laughs) but you should make it pin stories but in in the sense that it is a slideshow i feel like it is worthy to do that and i do want people 
to experience it vicariously. Hopefully not in an egotistical way of like, my life is better than yours, but like, isn't this cool? Yeah, but then, what? oh, I mean, you just start going to get your real estate license soon and be like, you know, I love to travel. Here's my travel log. I've got a dumb golden retriever and I still can't hang up a painting on my walls. No, it can very, it can very quickly, yeah, devolve into that. I think f- the thing is for me, I think I thread a nice, a nice line between like someone that travels frequently but not a ton. It's not, a, it's not a huge part of my personality. Well, you're also I'm not like a life, ha- I'm not a travel lifestyle person. I do like doing it, but I have not adopted the aesthetics of that world. Like, I think my mom is kind of in this vein. It is part of her identity to be a person that goes to cool places and photographs them. Like, yeah. that's a that's integrated with her personality. For me, it's not not like that so much. I just do that occasionally, and I I like for other people to appreciate it, but I would never want to make it a job. It feels special to me. It does feel kind of holy in a weird way, and I like to keep it that way. Okay, Kanye, calm down with the holiness, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, we'll get you, we'll get you a copy of some Kant, and you can. You, I mean, you did stand on a mountain and contemplate the the bigness of the universe. So you know, I did. Yes, I did many times. I mean, th- that's what's always beautiful. Alaska, in particular, is just, you know, it is carved from a separate continental plate than the rest of north america um should it be its own sovereign land is my question they, they don't have any infrastructure or anything to export except for shitloads of oil yeah i mean the oil and gold they have plenty of natural resources it's sort of a shame that that's what it became is just a place to exploit because it's better a place left alone yeah um that's when it's really regal um I lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Continental plates. And then oh, was like, yeah. Make them, make them a separate well, country. Well, th- that, is, that is why Alaska is so such a magical place, is that like the geography of it, the landscape of it, everything is different than anywhere I've ever been. And I'm sure if you, you, know, if you traveled to Central Asia or to Sub-Saharan Africa, you'd have a similar experience. It'd be like Iceland. Uh, yeah, or Iceland is, is another good example. But it's just so foreign, and it feels that way. And the the distance from civilization is what makes it incredible. Like, even Iceland, I don't think, would be as good because you can always drive, you know, Back two to hours Reykjavik. to Reykjavik. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that in Alaska. Uh-huh. I mean, Fairbanks is, is the biggest city in central Alaska, and it's 30,000 people. The suburb that I grew up in was 16,000 people. Yeah. So, you know, there's nothing. I mean, and even Anchorage is only 300,000 people. And that's a huge city by Alaska standards. Yeah, but what happens when, uh, you know, the oil contractors come in and they start pillaging the land and the women, and you got to get your bow out and snipe them out? Well, I don't know. I think I don't know if people... no one ever saw that movie, so that's a yeah, that's a hard you... pull. Oh, the Jeremy yeah. Renner movie. The Jeremy Renner movie, Hawkeye, where he's you know shooting people in the distance. Wind River. Yeah. That's in set in Wyoming. Looks like Alaska. <laughs> it kind of looks like The Alaska. West is all one thing. Even though you're trying to sell it's, me on that it's different, I'm like, oh, no, that's just over there. No, I, I guess you'll have to take my word for it, but no, it is different. The West is not all one thing. Kind of is. I don't know. I'm a child of the West. You yeah. Know? Like it or not, I'm, I'm actually a Nevadan. So uh, 
I don't know. I've spent a lot of time in the West, and Alaska is different. It it really is. And again, it's because of proximity to civilization. Because there are like grand magisterial things on the continental United States too, but you're never that far from the nearest cheesecake factory. You know, they don't have one in Juneau or something. They might, but you know, Juneau itself is hard to get to. You can't get to Juneau by road. Isn't it the capital? It is the capital. It's the only state capital other than Honolulu not accessible by road. And it's the only one that borders another country. What do you do? Go in by helicopter? You go in by plane or by sea, yeah. There are more planes in Alaska than there are cars. Cessnas? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, which, by the way, I flew on a Cessna Uh. around Denali, Uh. which was amazing in its own right. I mean... You keep adding details that are even more terrifying. I feel like a Cessna is maybe inches away from being as terrifying as Ice Cave. You've never flown on a small plane like that? Absolutely the fuck not. Uh, I don't know. You would maybe feel differently, but in a weird way, they feel safer to me than the larger scale planes. There is definitely more turbulence. Yeah. um, But you're lower in altitude. Oh. So it's sort of more tangible, like what is going on. So if you crash, you're like, we could probably survive. No. No. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Probably not. Well. You're you're high enough not to survive, but... uh, no, it's it's more like because they're so small. You know how like being in a car, like your car is low to the ground. We were just talking about this the mm-hmm. other day. You feel um grounded. Yeah. You feel attached. You feel to, every bump and yeah, to the vehicle the that you're yeah. in. That's the Cessna is the Corolla of the sky. Title of up. Um I don't know if that that doesn't make me feel any better cuz I in my brain I just like you know Remember when uh, Harrison Ford kept crashing all the Cessnas while he was learning how yeah, to fly? Yeah, that's right. He did that like multiple times. Yeah, so I'm I like as a small as a young person, I'm like I don't know about these little planes because they keep trying to kill Harrison Ford, and I don't know if I really want to be, you know, on one of those. Um, I think it depends a lot too on the skill and temperament of your pilot. Like I would feel very uncomfortable in a Cessna flown by anybody that didn't have. Mm, they would have five be, years of experience, maybe more. I would say if the person driving the Cessna is not fifty-two to sixty-seven, correct. I'm not getting on. I need a yeah. grizzled motherfucker and be like, "All right, buckle up. We're gonna get you there real fast." That's exactly what I had. Was a was like a fifty-one-year-old like Alaskan native man that had been probably flying planes since he was thirteen years old. Uh-huh. You know, I trust that man. He was very. I trustful. need a lumberjack who's like, I know how to go in the, up in the air. And yeah. You're like, okay, thank you. But when it's just, like, some dude with, like, just for men in his hair who's like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm a pilot. I'm like, I'll walk. No, you don't want anybody that got their pilot's license as an adult. You want someone that got their pilot's license as if it was their temps for driving a car. Yes. They got it at 15 and a half, and they've been flying ever since. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in Alaska, you're going to get that. You also get that in, like, cornfields when, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In People that are country, crop yeah. dusting and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're like, Timmy Timmy can finally reach the pedals. We're going to show him how to do some flying. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the plane flight was really cool. I mean, you know, Denali, Mount McKinley, is he the... Was a, he was a president? McKinley was a president, yeah. Mm. Uh, they called it Mount McKinley until 2016. That's why I say that. What's it now? Denali. Oh. That's the native name. It means the great one. Um. 
it's one of the political correctness decisions that I do support. <laughs> I don't know, probably just because I have direct lived experience of it a couple of times. I'm like, yeah, you should definitely just call it what the fucking people that live there call it. It's weird to call it after an American president. It who, wasn't who, even a state till like 1950. Who definitely never went there. Yeah, no, he didn't go there. That's weird. Yeah. Who was the first president to go there? I know this. Give me a second. Do, 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 do. Never mind. I'm not going to think of it. Well, okay. Anyway, um, it's amazing to see Denali by plane like that because it's the highest mountain in North America, 20,000 feet. Is that big? I don't... For context, Mount Everest is 29,000 feet. That's too big. Okay. But here's the thing. You can measure a mountain a couple of ways. So when they talk about it... That's what she said? Well, if you're talking about me, absolutely. Okay, continue. Or that guy at the urinal, I guess. Okay, keep it going. Keep it going. (laughs) Tell the story. I was trying to make an insert, not do a diversion. So you can measure a mountain a couple of ways. When they're measured for Wikipedia purposes in sheer feet, it's always from sea level. So oh. Denali is shorter than Mount Everest by 9,000 feet, 20,000 versus 29,000. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at a mountain in real life, what you're seeing is its height from its basal plane. Mm-hmm. So the plane that Denali sits at... It's already on a higher elevation. Most mountains are, but here's the thing. Denali sits only 2,000 feet from sea level at its base and 18,000 feet into the sky. Mount Everest sits at 17,000 feet, and then is 29,000 feet. So it's only 14,000 feet tall if you're in front of it. So Denali as a mountain is an incredible thing to behold because you're seeing almost its entire height from sea level, no matter where you are. I'm just grappling with this idea of being 2,000 feet above sea level. Well, that's just... In that part of Alaska, you're 2,000 That's feet too much. Uh, you've always lived at sea level. I know. Yeah. That's why I'm like, ooh. You don't get el- did you get the elevation sickness or the... Um, No, it fucks with my ears a little bit, oh. going up and down in elevation so much. I mean, I, I went from sea level to 2,000 feet over the course of that trip. Probably higher, actually, sometimes. Um. Not on the plane trip. I mean, uh, yeah, in, on, on the Alaska yeah. trip, on the ground. On the plane trip, I obviously went up higher. But um, but so, yeah. So Denali is an incredible mountain to see if you're into that type of thing because uh, the pilot was pointing out while we were sort of circling the peak of it, there's several adjacent mountains in the same range. Wait, you flew around the mountain? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I had a really clear day. You don't always get to see it. Because it's so high up. I mean, it's 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 as high as the plane. Like that's how people start. You know, those cannibal stories of people landing in the Swiss Alps and then, you know, two survivors and they had to eat someone. Oh, don't worry. They give you a safety briefing at the beginning, and they're like, "There's survival supplies. They're in the back." And I was sitting in the last seat, and I turned behind me, and there was just an orange day glow bag with like a couple energy bars in it, and like a life jacket or something. The fuck is a life jacket going to do? <laughs> well, you never know if you're going to go down on water or on land. There's With a one lot of, life jacket? There's a lot of lakes up there. Well, listen, that's where the cannibalism comes from. you got to fight for the life jacket on the way down. Just biting arms. <laughs> yeah. like, Get off. Oh. So we're circling the mountain, and he's conveying all these facts about Everest versus Denali. And then he's pointing out these adjacent mountains and saying, like, 
so you see that mountain over there that's what mount everest looks like in real life because again this difference between the basal planes mm-hmm. makes its height very different in person and when you put it that way it's absolute it's absolutely amazing you're like oh big thing big thing so big i mean you know i was thinking about it in new york terms like the world trade center build building is 1776 feet uh-huh 18 of those actually too more, tall more like 10 of those but anyway. too tall too tall things shouldn't be that tall can you imagine if there was a skyscraper 10 times as high as the world trade Center? i would ship bricks absolutely not no right because it's it's so unnatural to be that high up that it can only be the natural thing. A man-made thing should never be that tall. It's going to fall over, first of all. We can't do that. Well, how big are pyramids? They're not that tall. <laughs> the pyramids are a lot smaller than the World Trade Center. Are they, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by are you a sure? Lot. Yeah, I'm sure. They're not 100 stories? No. <laughs> You've never seen the pictures of, like... The pyramids at Giza f- with the Taco Bell in the background. D- what? No. Yeah, there's a Taco Bell Pizza Hut combo right behind those pyramids. You always see these like glorious pictures of them with the desert in the background yeah. and stuff, but they're kind of just on the outskirts of Cairo. Yeah. So those famous pictures that you see, if you turn around, there's a Taco Bell Pizza Hut combo right there. I got to go to Egypt. Yeah. I mean, it would be perfect for you. You're not allowed to go in there. You can't climb up them. You just get to view them from the you safe ground. In. And then you get a nice pizza pie afterwards. We're going to crunch up. You can go in the, the Great Pyramid. You go a little walkway. And then you go, ooh. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I didn't think they let people in there anymore. Yeah. Why would they not? The humidity and stuff of visitors can affect. You're in the desert, man. I think they and let you. No, it still, ma- it still matters. Because they, they, there's no paint. I don't think there's any wall paintings well i don't know i'm I'm taking you at your word that you can go in there but i wouldn't be surprised if you couldn't oh for the same reason you can't go in lascaux caves and stuff well they limit the amount of people yeah yeah. like the way you see there's a thing machu picchu's like no no we're capping visitors fuck you all good for them yeah they're like you got to get the time tickets if you don't come in and then you a lot of time you're fucked you're not coming in and we're only gonna have this many and fuck you it's a world heritage site and you all are monsters. I was like, yes, we're all on the same page. The public is terrible. No, that's good. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, all World Heritage sites, as as much as it's possible, should do that. That should sort right. of be a criteria for being one, is that you have a preservation mandate that limits your crowd sizes. Well, because for uh, Peru, it's in Peru. Um, well, because it's part of a national park so it was just kind of like eh, we kind of time it just so we know how many people but technically because you, you can just hike to it you don't have to go in the you know the main entrance um but they were like no no, no fuck you side door sneaking motherfuckers too right i was like hmm, you know it's not bad no that's good i mean my mom always says like uh, parks can get loved to death and it's true um, she always hated working in Yellowstone because it's just overrun with Chinese and Indian tourists that, you know, Americans are terrible too, but foreign tourists especially don't give a shit about our national parks and just have different customs in particular, you know, in general. So, huh. Well. Oh, yeah. No, one last no. thing about Alaska. Hmm. My last magisterial thing. I have like a checklist, a mental checklist. Mental of checklist like, of what to cover. That I did uh, Aurora Borealis. 
I think I did see a, a little half picture, I think. Or you reposted your mom's. I reposted my mom's picture because here's the thing, at least in my experience with the Northern Lights, was that photographs of them are not representative of what they look like at all. Do they look like this Pellegrino bottle? This color green or no? Occasionally. Okay. So... I, you know, we, when we were in Fairbanks for the first couple of nights, we were there with the specific intent of seeing the Northern Lights because you're the farthest North latitude that we were going to get on this trip, most likelihood of seeing them. There's a thing called the KP index that tells you what your likelihood of encountering the Northern Lights are. And it was low the whole time I was there. And so every night we would stay up pretty late and kind of wait for them and they wouldn't happen. And then I think the second or third night, um, my mom knocks on the window of my room because she's out in the backyard and she's like, come out here, come out here. And they're going. Um, And when I came outside, it was kind of a cloudy night, which was also a problem. You Mm. want it to be clear. I couldn't at first tell the difference between the northern lights and the clouds. Um, But as your eyes adjust to the darkness, uh you know the color of phosphorescence, like a glow-in-the-dark thing? Yeah. That's the color they are. Huh. They're that sort of gray-green. Yeah. And so at first, at night, especially in Alaska, where it gets dark around 9.30, 10, but doesn't get super, super dark until like 1 in the morning. Yeah. So at 1 in the morning, it's finally super dark, but there's still like clouds visible. It's hard to describe, like... It's not twilight, but it's not But night. it's also, there's no city light at all, so and you actually no. have a shitload of starlight, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. There, there was Luckily, there was no moon, which I think is the only reason I ended up yeah, seeing probably. these things. Uh, but yeah, there's lots of starlight and just um, even the tiny amount of city light from a place like Fairbanks is enough to blur the distinction between a cloud and aurora. What? Yeah. And it takes a minute for your eyes to adjust, and then suddenly you realize that some of these clouds, quote, are green and the rest are sort of orange or whatever, like what a normal city cloud looks like. And the dead giveaway that I should have known in the first place was that they're not shaped like clouds. The smooth... Don't they... They're like curtains, right? Well, it's like a... It's like a smooth band. Like if you took a... Like ribbon. Yeah, it's like a ribbon. Um... And as your eyes start to adjust to the phosphorescence, then you start to see the Pellegrino green because they fluctuate in color. This is what I didn't realize exactly. Can I ask a very stupid question yeah. just real quick? What the fuck are they? How, do, how does that work? It's like some moon dust. What is it? <laughs> Essentially, in, in a certain sense. Um, Aurora Borealis are solar wind. So the sun... Uh-huh. is active uh-huh. and frequently throws off uh, radiation and ionizing particles away from its surface, coronal mass ejections. Yeah, called. this is how we're going to not have internet in like three weeks. Yes. Um, so these are th- that happening on a small scale. That's happening constantly. Huh. The reason it doesn't interfere with your internet is that the magnetosphere of Earth... What? That's really what it's called. It's the magnetic field around the Earth absorbs this solar wind at the poles and deflects it. 
And when it does that, these particles ionize in the atmosphere and create the aurora borealis. So it's so you're watching them bounce off of. You you're know. you're watching sun particles rearrange themselves, creating this colorful display, and then be bounced back into space. But don't you again? Don't you feel a little? Hmm. I guess it, that's no different than like you what you know UV, and then what do we do? We go out to the beach and bake. But then at night you're just like, oh, it's actually it is radiation because look at that green. Like I feel like you know, a nice sunny beach would be a lot more terrifying if everyone was just like, oh, I'm absorbing my green now. Yeah, I mean, y- you know, along the lines of these other experiences, it's that true definition of awesome, where you go, wow, like this universe is so much bigger than me. That's really the experience that I had with the Aurora because that's truly cosmic. Like everything else I was describing from the ice cave to the mountains, to the fjords, whatever is all terrestrial. But when you get into this cosmic shit, yeah. So you entered your own personal phase four. Yeah. Getting into the cosmos. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's beautiful in a very subtle way. That's what I didn't expect about it. Because all you ever see of it is photographs. Which are just photoshopped to shit and just yeah. turned up to 17. And it's not that. I'm sure it can be that. This KP index that I mentioned before, like when it's at its highest, I'm sure the Aurora Borealis like, is much like the photographs. But like the photo that my mom took is not representative of what you actually see. I doubt that anything other than paintings are accurate. I actually was thinking about the Beer church shop? painting of the Aurora oh, the Borealis. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, a lot of those manifest destiny, like landscape paintings in particular, because... I thought it was a beer shop. It's not a church. It's a church. I'm positive. Right. Okay. It was painted yeah. in 1864 at the end of the Civil War. It has the flag in the Aurora Borealis. I don't know about a... No, no, no. That, that's a different one. That's just a flag in a sunset. There's an Aurora uh. Borealis painting by Church that's like an ice-cutting yeah. vessel at night with the Aurora over it. It was in that show at the Met where there was four church the paintings. Four, the four big Of mamas, the extremities, yeah. like yeah. volcano, Aurora, etc. Yeah. Um, but I was thinking about paintings a lot while I was there because photography was just so inadequate for like all of these moments. Um. And the color in particular is what painters can do that photographers can never do. So suck it? Yeah. <laughs> so suck it photogs. Um, well, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's true. Like they're relying on the faintest semblance of light that isn't really light. It's a reaction. Well, and it's not to say that there's not skill to it or anything like that. Like you can capture these things and... Um, do justice to them in a photographic way, but it's in a photographic but way. You can't like make it palpable. It's artificial. Yeah, paint paint can make it pretty tangible. Like the church painting is an interesting example to me because it was painted in the mid nineteenth century, like before photography was really that prevalent. Like I doubt there was really any pictures of the aurora borealis at that no, point. It takes too fucking long. No. If there were, they were black and white and highly inadequate to actually expressing the experience be blurry but the church painting does do it It, it, you know i went back and looked at reproductions of it online and 
it's exaggerated in the sense that the color that he portrays is not the right color, but the color temperature is right. Hmm. And I think that's probably due in large part to the fact that he probably never saw them firsthand. I think he was probably doing that from descriptions, which makes it even more incredible. Never fucking went to Alaska. No. Well, you don't have to go to Alaska. I mean, you know, there was the Carrington event. I think it was in the 1880s or 90s um, where there was a huge coronal mass ejection. That That would have been later than he was painting, though. Well, it's just to illustrate the idea that, like, the northern lights can come down very far Far, south given the right conditions. I don't think it's um, impossible that he saw them somewhere. Literally going through the timeline from a catalog in my brain, I'm like, I don't remember his travels. Well, I'll tell you this, too. Like, he painted that painting at the tail end of the Civil War. I forget which battle it was. I think it was Fredericksburg that the Aurora Borealis was seen in Pennsylvania. Uh, during the Civil War and the Confederacy like took it as a sign that God was on their side and they won the battle. It's one of these like um, amazing historical events that happens from time to time where the cosmos intervenes and like, huh. you know, gives a sign. You know, th- there was an ancient battle. I forget which war it was, probably the Peloponnesian War, where the, uh, the Greeks were fighting like um, the Achaemenid Persians or whatever and a solar eclipse happened in the middle of the battle. Like, you know, and they and you wonder why people get prophecies from like the Oracle at Delphi, and then they believe them. You know, well, prior to like serious scientific understanding, if some shit like that happened, and you'd never seen that before well, in your also, life, you're some skin from Rhodes. And if it gets pitch black, yeah, then you're like, well, we can either use this to our advantage or stand around like dicks. Uh, let's go, let's go win. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how long eclipses last they don't last long but even for a few minutes like darkness in the daytime is going to throw you for a loop if you don't know what that means or yeah you've never seen that before there's that amazing scene in apocalypto uh where it's made clear that the mayan priests know that a solar eclipse is coming but they're doing human sacrifices to appease the masses and then when the solar eclipse comes, the masses are impressed, but the high priests uh, use it as an excuse to stop the sacrifices. This is that I wanted to say Mel Brooks, Mel Gibson movie? It is. It's very good. You're entitled to that opinion. I will shan't be watching it, but you know. Hey, you're lost, man. I don't know. Well, it happens. Oi. I don't. How how long is this episode? pretty long we can stop yeah but let's let's stop my brain i also just got a business paper that i'm intrigued by so okay let's give let's give a pause for right here uh go go to patreon (laughs) such an inglorious ending to such (laughs) an such nice material what do you want what do you want from me you want me to do a song and a dance i yeah be the clown you're supposed to be what the fuck if there's anything you're here to do i i mean I don't. It, does Alaska have a state theme song? I don't know. I only know one, one song that has Alaska in it, and you will not like that. So, we're gonna not. What sing song that. is it? We're gonna. That's after show material. This is how we tease the Patreon. Okay. Uh huh. All right. We'll we'll get some more of uh, Will's vocal talents. Whoa. Nope. Can't do it. Can't do any runs.